Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I'm excited today because I get to interview somebody I've been viewing from afar a little bit just through Instagram and through a mutual friend. And I'm getting to talk to a new friend, Nathan Spearing. How's it going, man? I'm living the dream. There we go. Well, let's go ahead and pray. And I want to hear all about you. I want to hear about Warrior Trent, uh, Tending Gardens. Warriors Tending Gardens, I see in the background there. I don't have my glasses on, so I've gotten to squint a little bit to see that. We're getting to that age, man. We're going to just have to surrender to that augmentation. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's pretty crazy, but let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get into it. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time. I ask for blessing upon our conversation and I uh, thank you for Nathan and all you're doing in his life. And it's just uh, going to be, be a lot of fun just learning from him and uh, peeking into his life a little bit. Just thank you for, for this time that we have together and we trust you're going to lead this conversation in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. I'm kind of like a lot of my listeners right now where I really don't know a whole lot about you. My buddy, Bo Hutchess was telling me about you and like, man, you got to get to know this, this, uh, this Nate guy. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and then your family and then some of your history and then what you currently do. Okay. Um, I started, you know, this life in, in Northern Alabama. I am the oldest of seven children. My entire education home life was homeschool education. My mom was a, was a stay at home homemaker the entire, my entire childhood. And my dad, I think I was six or seven years old, started his own business uh, in software. He is a mechanical engineer by education, but um, got into software kind of right out of college. So lived a uh, atypical life in the sense that we were homeschool educated, but also my father being a business owner and his priorities and um, abilities. And just as I look back on, on that, those formative years that shaped a lot of who I am now, what I'm doing now. I did a brief stint at the end of high school, working for a congressional campaign for an election cycle, and then joined the military at age 19 where I served for 14 years, almost 14 years, oh, just wow. short of 14 years in special operations with the U.S. Army. And, um, and then in 2016, um, I decided to leave, which I guess is a natural uh, point to amend my bio here real quick. In 2006, I married my wife. Okay. I met her when we were both 17. And I was kind of smitten at that point. And we were at a, a youth in government for homeschool Christian uh, kids, a conference. And okay. so I kind of knew that she was pretty much 100% wife material, that she was present. That's and awesome. Yeah. So I, I kind of started pursuing her from afar. She was uh, born and raised in Florida. I was Northern Alabama, so not too geographically far apart. I joined the army, kind of stayed intentional in my communication with her. We got married in 2006. So that's about three and a half years into my army career, three and a half years, three deployments in. 
And then over the course of, of my time in service, we had five children and um, she did nine more deployments with me as a wife. Wow. And, uh, and I was uh, at my 13 year mark. My oldest son was seven and I was looking at him and I was thinking I got to do seven more years to get that coveted government pension. Mm -hmm. And I just decided that I would rather just the schedule was so much away that I'd rather be a present father and a barista at a local coffee shop and broke than and, and have those years present with my kids mm. than continue to live the, the tempo life that I had lived up wow. to that point. So we had, um, we can get into as much of this and kind of let you go as deep as you want, but we had started about, I think it's a probably six or seven years before deciding to get out of the military, started renovating historic properties, my wife and I. I grew up part of, of my homeschool education and formative years of my life when I was 13. We bought a three-bedroom house and my dad and I added on 1,700 square feet to it Very cool. on the weekends. And my mom was pregnant with number seven at the time. So we kind of built the family home into what would work for our lifestyle over the course of pretty much the entire time I was at home until leaving for the military. So kind of that initial education I got from my father gave me the willingness or the, the, the guts to kind of buy a, a fixer upper mm -hmm. for our family, our first family home. And then it slowly kind of evolved into something that we did as a, to use the Instagram language of the, of the day, the side hustle. If you yeah. Yeah. It, it, it started out as wanting to live in a, in a place of town that was, was awesome, but inaccessible to an enlisted guy in the military. And, and, but so we got a, a rundown property in the great look and a great location. Mm -hmm. And then eventually gave us the financial cushion to, to leave the military because we had, had kind of continued to cultivate that value um, mm -hmm. and, and gave us the, the personal financial runway to go ahead and, and exit from the steady W-2 paycheck from direct deposit from Uncle Sam every twice a month, benefits everything into a completely unknown territory for us yeah. But also with with a little bit of margin. Um, yeah. I had cool. that discussion with Bo um, as well on his podcast, but um, you know, just how God used just all the circumstances to to sanctify me the most, probably, but mm -hmm. sanctify our marriage, sanctify our family, and and bring about growth that is we're seeing a, a some yield in our life now that can only be described as God's kind of gentle, gentle leading yeah. and continual faithfulness to us, despite, you know, where we messed up kind of striving in one direction uh -huh. and attempting to be faithful and him multiplying that awesome. as he does. And just kind of sitting, you know, with the, the podcasting phase of life and the writing and speaking phase of life kind of, intentionally focusing back on the last decade and a half or so mm -hmm. and trying to understand 
and, and get that hindsight perspective of what God was doing and share that to people awesome. in, a, in an attempt to encourage people to just go after what God has, has uniquely gifted them for with that, with abandon yeah. and, and with, with faith. And, and then just kind of when you put yourself in that position to let God provide the daily bread, to just see what he does and, mm -hmm. and, to, and it's just a whole different way to live life than I had lived it in the military. Everything mm -hmm. was taken care of all our, all our benefits, all of our, our expenses, got housing allowance, all these things. And, um, and then just to realize that, that, that those are ultimately not security. Yeah. That security is, is obedience. And then that looks differently, maybe in a financial perspective or relational perspective, but is the most rewarding way to live life. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good, man. Well, a lot there. Number one, thank you so much for your service. So were you Green Beret? Were you a Ranger? What, I was, was a Ranger. Special? You're a Ranger. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I didn't really even know a whole lot about what a ranger was when I joined, but I had a friend in church that just said, Hey, the, the, the Afghanistan, um, war had already started. I graduated high school in 2002. Me too. And so that was, uh, awesome. And, uh, so that was underway and he just kind of said, Hey, if you want to, if you want to get after it, um, and, uh, and be, be involved in what's going on, you need to go to ranger battalion they're uh they're getting all the missions they're they're at they're active you can go right off the street to that 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 line of work so i just kind of took him at his word and went for it and and that was just another way god uh pointed me in the right direction via influences oh, cool. in my life and i i never found myself at a point in the military looking at someone else uh doing their job and wishing that i had that job um yeah even though that, that may be characterized under sin, that, that tendency for us to compare to other people, uh, it was great experience for me to just find myself and be just 100% content where I was, or there was a path um, to get where I wanted to get. Um, so uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a blessing. That's good. So it sounds like you come from legacy, legacy family, building a legacy, seeing God continue to work through your generations as well. I bet that's pretty cool for your dad and mom to see, you know, what's developed in your, your life. I want to commend you because 14 years in, you're six years away from that pension and you make a, a judgment call that sounds like it was right for the family. So, man, I commend you for that because that's a tough call. And I think, uh, you know, majority of the guys I'm talking to are pastors and, you know, there is a a long history in our country anyways, of the PKs of pastors that have abandoned their families and haven't made that a priority. And fortunately, I think there has been some course correction a little bit, but I love that you're able to make that pri priority and make that decision and, and, uh, and then see God provide. It's pretty cool. Um, so a couple of questions I have, cause I was wondering where you got the capital to, to, to build what you've built. Sorry, I'm trying seeing. to get my uh, laptop plugged in here. I'm not sure where I, oh, here we go. All right. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I, I realized just now it was off, off power here. We might, might lose you. So I might go take, dark. Yeah. Yeah. We go ahead and make an investment in, in renewed power here. Sorry. There you go. Sorry about that. Awesome. That's cool, man. So I, I was wondering where, you know, how you got the ball rolling into where you are today. And <clears throat> um, I see also that you're building a shop or something that's going on right now. I want to hear about that. But uh, tell us about, you know, you got this, 
you know, what you'd said with side hustles, but you had this now that's primary, it seems like your primary work, or maybe, maybe at least you got several different things going on for primary work, mm-hmm. but uh, tell us about the properties because a lot of guys are interested in this right now. And I'm actually made an offer on a house last, last year and it wasn't accepted, but it was going to be an Airbnb house for us. Um, awesome. And instead I went the camper route. I purchased a camper and remodeled it. I'm going to be renting that out and, and really giving that a shot, but I would love to hear for you. And then I want to hear about warriors tending gardens as well. If that, how that plays into it. Cause I know you got again, multiple hats going on, but you get this first house and then something, you know, seemed to develop and that was profitable. So how many houses have you done this with now? And then this current house that you're in, it looks like this gargantuan historic house that you've remodeled. And I was wondering if you're living in that house and have another house or if that's a part of the property. So bring us up to speed on, on all things properties from the last few yeah. years that, that you've been doing. Well, I think it's funny too, because we will have people in our church that are will ask that same question because we kind of bounce around a little bit um, mm-hmm. in some sense, especially the last year and a half or so. Okay. So the the short story is, uh, I guess the we've done four different units, remodeled four different units. Our first house was a 1600 square foot okay. uh, historic house that was a three bedroom, two bath, two and a half bath. Um, and uh, shoot, sorry about that. Got a little right. thing in my throat. Um, right. uh, so we bought that. I was 26 years old. I think when we closed, we had okay. one kid, one kid on the way. And uh, so we bought that for um, a really below average rate because of its repair. We bought it from some, some children that were selling their family or their mom's home, essentially. Their, their dad had passed away. Their mom moved into it when okay. she was 16 years old and had just oh, gotten wow. married and lived her entire life in this home. So, um, you know, kind of a, a legacy there that was the a, a, a kids selling their, their mom's home. And it hadn't been updated or anything really since gotcha. uh, it was built in 1918. Um, probably some some late uh, 80s, early 90s remodeling had been done. Um, and but but by and large, uh, a lot of work to be done. And right. and kind of, you know, I talk to people about real estate. If if you can be the kind of person that walks into a home and sees the potential. And, and then also has the ability to, to kind of execute that vision in-house um, yourself, uh, your family. You, a lot of these properties become accessible to you mm-hmm. because most people are going to have to go out and hire someone and pay retail. And that's what everybody is doing that math. Everybody mm-hmm. is, is that that equation works for everyone. So in a sense, the, these houses, all of our houses, this will be a theme for all of our houses where we, we increased our personal skill set, family skill set, um, and, and one house at a time. And that essentially the, that skill set we gained from the previous house made the next house accessible to us. Now, did, we you, were able to, did you keep that house or did you sell the house and roll that into the next? Or you, did you do like an Airbnb kind of thing? Even, yeah. Well, the first I mean, time I didn't really understand um, a whole lot about how to get financing and restructure your debt and, and roll mm-hmm. that into the next house. And my wife and I kind of went all in on this first one, did it pristine, refinished all the floors, uh, redid the kitchen, all the bathrooms, built a massive deck on it 
um, a bunch of things to make it get, get better. And, and we kind of had thought, well, if we make this a rental, it might get messed up and mm -hmm. it's really nicely done. Let's just do a full exit. So we sold that about three and a half years after um, we bought it for about $100,000 more, a little over $100,000 more than we paid for it. Awesome. And it, I, you know, I, I think I talked to Bo about this a little bit. You know, if you do the math, three and a half years, you made a hundred thousand um, dollars. I think that you know, estimated probably about thirty to forty thousand dollars worth of materials. Okay. So if you do that math um, simply on a dollars earned way to do things, to say, okay, three and a half years, um, you know, and I, I calculate what my hourly rate was for that. Mm -hmm. it, it may not seem like uh, it was a profitable thing on, uh, from that particular optic. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it from the sense that um, I was likely would have done something less productive with my time right. uh, during that particular time as a 26 year old with just one kid, like just as you, you know, get more kids, there's less time, and, yeah. you know, at least for a phase when they're all younger, I'm kind of getting to the other side of that is now I'm working with my sons and I'm working That's with my cool. boys. It's awesome. And, and so, and it, before it was kind of get all the kids to bed and my wife and I tiling late into the night and, and trying to, you know, stop with enough time to get, you know, three or four hours of sleep so we could be ready to, when they started waking up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, but that was just a, you know, like we talked about, it was gaining a skill set. It was yeah. um, learning how to do that. So we ended up selling it. I had already purchased our next one when we sold it. Um, but in a sense, it was it was ten thousand bucks cheaper than our first house, but okay. twice as big. Oh wow! Um, and about four to five blocks away. Um, okay. So I used a reenlistment bonus from the military. The military does a really good job of incentivizing people to stay in and not leave. So I took that bonus and dumped it right into the next house. But mm -hmm. we had no money to do any repairs on that home until we sold. The one we were in um and so what and, and it actually i think it leaked the roof leaked in seven places or so so oh, wow. we kind of set some buckets up around the house <laughs> do what uh, you gotta do man and it was four blocks away so we went over and dumped the buckets out the window you know and 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 then finished actually finished up the first house and sold it uh so between buying the the second home and and selling the first home i think we had uh, about six months, seven months of time where we owned both. Um, okay. and we, we ended up living for four months in a friend's house that was deployed, uh, mm -hmm. actually goes to our church. He graciously let us just kind of crash there. Um, I think we had just had our third kid at the okay. time, um, uh, maybe our fourth kid at the time. And so we essentially had the roofer scheduled to put a new roof on the house as soon as a few days after we closed, uh -huh. wrote him, wrote him the check to, to do the roof immediately. Um, and then got after the, the second house we bought was a duplex. Okay. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of it's two historic homes that got built together. So okay. probably a, a better visual picture for, for listeners would be, a, would be like two townhomes mm -hmm. um, more than a duplex, but technically two units, one property. Okay. Um, Which can be extremely profitable. Exactly. And, that, and even not knowing um, 
all the math really of how profitable those could be. You know, we're still in our kind of, we, we have a growing family. We love this part of town. Let's, let's buy a little bit bigger house. And, and in some ways kind of looked at it as like, we could make it all one, one house. Um, mm -hmm. If right. we needed to like long-term, it would fit our family well. And that was our optic of looking at that. Um, and, and I remember this was, was, uh, on a side of town that still hadn't come back yet or mm -hmm. hadn't, hadn't surged. And I, I, we were in a great part of town and just literally, you know, in, in, in downtown areas, four blocks away can mean it a lot of difference, um, for what the atmosphere of the, the block is or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember kind of having a sinking feeling in my stomach when I closed on it, you know, what am I doing? Um, moving my family to maybe not quite a safe part of town or a little bit more. And, and in what city and was that in Nathan? This is Southern Pines, North Carolina. Okay. So really small town. Um, I think it's like 35, 40,000 people, um, in the town. Um, but just, uh, but, but this kind of felt like, okay, this is a good deal. Twice mm -hmm. the square footage, uh, $10,000 cheaper. There's potential here it has more work that needs to be done. It's more, it's a scarier property. Um, but let's, let's do it. It's, it's still at close to downtown. And, and so we got to work and we basically in that four month period where we were staying at a friend's house, just kind of blitzed, um, remodeling the back unit, which is three bedrooms, two baths okay. and 1200 square feet or so. Um, and, and moved in to that, uh, kind of partially done. Uh, we had the sheetrock, had it painted. We had some fixtures working and um, moved into it, stored cabinets and materials that we needed in the next, the bigger part of the 2000 square foot unit. And just kind of like, all right, we'll, we'll get into the, the one. And at that point kind of had decided this is gonna be a rental. We're gonna okay. do a economy kind of finishes on it. Um, durable finishes and and turn it into a rental. And so then the then the clock was ticking. How fast could we get the front unit done and move in and start renting out the back? Mm -hmm. And what that actually equaled for us was I think it took us about a year or so. Um, but what that equaled us is as a family um, renting the back for okay. uh, and we ended up renting it furnished and kind of had a month to month thing with, uh, with the military, um, connections. And it ended up being, I think it was about double our mortgage, um, okay. for renting the back unit. Okay. Um, so, uh, we were, we were, we were, as a family, we were, we were living there and we were making a thousand dollars a month That's um, great. for living there for free, essentially. Um, you know, I think when you put, put, a our utilities, the taxes, everything, we were just about broke even. Um, so that is a tremendous thing for a young family. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to, to have no mortgage and to yeah. ha and have a great house downtown at that time, that area just started to kind of explode. So what that equaled was that the value of the home shot up. Man, that's so, great. Um, and we did the front unit really well um kind of planned on staying there for a while and just um living for free um having that back income and then that's about the time where we were just like hey this this deployment schedule it's 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 hurting our family rhythms mm -hmm. it is it's it's not productive for for me to be a present and my dad had kind of always been telling me that 
yeah. uh, to be a good husband, to be a good father, you have to be there. Yeah. You gotta be present. Um, right. And, and I knew that that was true. Um, I had felt that I was called to do what I was doing and kind of some of my mentors here had said, look, God has a capacity. If you're doing what you're doing, you're called to do, and you're trying to, especially being faithful when I was home, not going, mm-hmm. doing things. And, and what that equaled is a lot of leave, a lot of four day weekends working on the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the kids kind of underfoot and, and not really going on vacations, not really doing a lot of, of leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but, but adding value, um, and increasing our net worth in a sense, um, our balance sheet is doing better personal balance sheet. Um, and so, and so that was, so, and, and so real quick for the sake of time, yeah, you've done that now. And, and let's fast forward a little bit. Cause I want to hear about this newest, the, the, the newest project. I don't know how many years you've been at this house and there's a name for it. I followed it on Instagram. Yes. So you, the symphony house, the symphony house. That's right. So you get this yep. older historic house. It seems like you guys live there now. Is that where you're sitting right now with the old brick right yes. there behind you? Yeah. So, so it so- is, uh, the stats on that. So we, I guess, you know, summarizing it, we cash out refinance and, and get all the equity out of this duplex that has, has, uh, I think it was tripled in value almost at that, Man, that time, not quite tripled. So we got a lot of that equity out and, and put it right as I was getting out of the army, it was almost, you know, almost like half of that money or more than half on a down payment on the 8,300 square foot, um, nine bedroom, 11 bathroom on two acres uh, and built 1934 and basically not updated since the 30s, but oh just a, a, a vacation home for a, a insurance tycoon in the day. He was, despite the Great Depression, was still flush on cash and just kind of built this grand mansion for him to stay at right right by the the resort in Pinehurst the golf resort okay and so it hit the market right as we're kind of getting out and my wife said look at this house you know and and we made an offer this kind of highest and best offer we could could afford and it had sat on the market four and a half years oh wow and and so the the family was ready it was just kind of the same deal family selling their family home it there was it it was inaccessible to anybody who had to go hire a guy retail uh-huh. um, or at least the the unknown was too great so okay. somebody who had the know-how uh, it was accessible to us and we bought it um, we it essentially took us three and a half years to remodel it, closed on it two days before getting out of the military, spent uh, half of my or my day job was starting that construction business. Okay. Uh, I'd take my tools down, put them in the trailer, bring them back, set up at the house and work for two or three more hours, wow. take them back down, go back to the job. And then eventually kind of was like, babe, we got to I got to do this kind of weekends only or Friday, Saturday. Um, it's too much time taking down, moving tools, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, built a construction business and remodeled that house over um, that three and a half year period, turned it into an Airbnb. Incredible. So where we are right now is we're kind of squatting in the big house. Uh, all three of the houses are listed on Airbnb. Awesome. Uh, it's a golf rental. So January, February, is not a big time for golfing here. It's cold. We just had some snow. Um, we're, we're trying to get our bus um, done, which is, you'll understand, in the RV side of it. Uh, I have a 43-foot bus we bought about a year ago 
we're almost done remodeling that. We have 20 acres. Uh, the barn is almost awesome. done. That's what you're seeing on Instagram. It's essentially a a, a carport for this bus. Okay. And gotcha. uh, my wife my wife's building it as a, a 400 square foot bus with a 2,000 square foot front porch, essentially. And uh, the plan is we're moving into that uh, March time okay. frame. Uh, although my wife over coffee has said, uh, I'd kind of like to see how you're going to pull this off with mm -hmm. the amount of time that we have between now and what, when we say we're going to move out there. Uh -huh. So probably when I conclude this interview, I'm going to have to go make some progress laying tile in the bus bathroom. Okay. So you're uh, going to move to the 20 acres on the bus. Correct. Okay. Now yes. are you going to build, are you going to build a house out there? Is that the plan? Is that like the long-term? Long-term is the vision that we have is this is an 83 acre tract of land. And we have right of first refusal on the remaining 63 acres. We have a great relationship with the guy that owns it all. Um, we have a, uh, a verbal agreement um, with them to purchase 34 more acres, um, hopefully this year. That 34 acres kind of has our, our dream home site on it. So the, 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 the first step is expand the borders a okay. little bit more. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, and, and in a sense, kind of going all in to buy the land and then looking to, to the Lord to bring a yield that will enable us to kind of build the dream house. But long term, uh, we are trying to the goal would be uh, six or so uh, church families mm -hmm. living on this tract of land. Man, that's incredible. And, all of us uh, kind of, uh, I, I, you know, the number in my mind is, is six families and 30 kids um, okay. total on, on, on this whole 83 acre track. That's, that's the prayer we have. That's the vision we have. And, and this, the, the barn that we just built is going to be the place for Sabbath meals. Um, oh man, that's and, great. Yeah. So we're going to put a commercial kitchen and two bathrooms at the end. We still have that. That's still dirt part of the barns. So we have a 50 foot slab there. The bus is going to fit there. We're going to start plumbing the kitchen, the bathrooms, and kind of set ourselves up to, to, to hopefully be there. All of our properties, we have, you know, the duplex and the, and the mansion will be uh, earning income for us. Mm -hmm. um, still doing the construction company for clients. Um, and then, you know, kind of my wife's, uh, um, you know, I've talked about my wife being kind of my trusted business counselor as, as, as well as my, my helpmate. Um, she kind of just said, babe, we need to, to our, our kid, our oldest just turned 13. Okay. We need, we need a place that is, is home for them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that is, that is the, where we can put down roots where we're not going to move anymore and where we can practice uh, um, ordinary but radical hospitality. And that's for, great. Um, so the vision we have is, is maybe monthly Sabbath dinners. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the food raised on the land uh, cool. by our, our family. And you guys hunt our, as well? We, we do. Um, we haven't successfully uh, killed the, uh, aside from some kind of varmints and things like that, we did the last three days of deer season uh, in, in a blind, trying to, trying to get, uh, a deer didn't work out. Um, some learning experiences there. I, I mm -hmm. always, um, felt guilty the few times I've gone hunting, being away from my family, but mm -hmm. like kind of back in that phase of where hunting 
and building the barn and all these things are not at a detriment to the family now. They are yeah. uh, a, our activities we do together. So yeah, and it backs up to 2000 acres of forestry managed kind oh, of land. Phenomenal. So there's just a great, great place to be good relationships with the neighbors and, and just kind of, uh, and, and that's been a deliberate shift uh, for me uh, at, at my wife's prodding. Hey, let's, let's try to set up the place that oh. enables this kind of compounding value creation that is the productive household versus. I mean, that's, yeah. And that just started to interrupt, but that's, I mean, sounds like you've read C.R. Wiley. I think I've, I read um, or listened to the, the, the bow episode on Veritus and heard yeah. you talk about that. And there's a lot of guys that have this, this similar vision, especially at this particular moment in American history of wanting to build something. And, you know, I don't know what your eschatology, uh, your views are on eschatology, but this, this multi-generational let's build and let's provide for not just our children, but our children's children. And, and even for the, the community you're wanting to build, it sounds like, you know, <clears throat> you got a really great plan and you're actually doing it. And I know several men we're wanting to try to do this here in our area as well. We're trying to do something very similar. I got. A, I do have a question. Um, the, the six families. So you have a church family that you're committed to now, it sounds mm -hmm. like. Is this your church home that you envision yourself and your family being a part of long term? And Yes. Okay. So you're not talking about even, you know, starting your own, you know, church family or community, but but out of the church you're a part of having these six families come be a part of, of what you're doing out there. Do you have anybody that signed on for that yet? Uh, we have talked with several about it. Um, in some ways, kind of the phase that we're at, we can't, um, as we see the, it rolling out and setting the farm up and things, we've kind of, uh, at this point, really just have the 20 acres. Uh -huh. and the way that it's laid out isn't quite right to bring family into this kind of a narrow tract and it, right. the way it's laid out. So we've, we've kind of got the, the Sabbath dinner site. Mm -hmm. uh staked out the farm compat the farm operations are gonna are are ongoing right now we have uh chickens we've done a we actually did a full cycle of, of raising chickens meat chickens slaughtering them actually downtown our downtown home awesome. so part of the some of the content i'm rolling out is going to be specifically as a family if you want to uh kind of take some of the volatility out of your life Here's mm -hmm. some 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 steps you can take right now from the food perspective, from the to to be productive where you are now. Because yeah. uh, I don't know, you probably follow the Joel Salatin and Justin Rose and things, and they've talked about you know the biggest mistake is that you you have to have this kind of land before mm -hmm. you execute a farm. But right. you can you can grow food, you can raise chickens in a small lot. Um, it's a little bit more intensely management, but at the same time, just back to that expertise thing, my family's done two uh, slaughter days now. We've done two sets of chickens. We've got egg birds that are about to start laying, and we we learned a ton mm -hmm. in that small batch, that that kind of thing. So we've got another bunch of chickens showing up the end of February that we're going to have, um, and we're we're kind of syncing that up to to double, triple the size of our, our, our poultry and egg operation, uh, this spring, mm -hmm. um, planting a vineyard, uh, laying out the garden, these things that we're going to do with the 20 acres we have, um, trying to get that additional 34. There's still, I think 29 left that the owners kind of, uh, uh, is not selling us yet. But what I, what I did is, is, and my dad taught me this. It, if you are living boldly, 
um, and you're living for God, you can ask these questions. So mm -hmm. this land wasn't even up for sale. We oh, found wow. it on a map. We basically said we want to be close to town. We want to be really quick drive to church. We want it to be convenient where when we say Sabbath dinner at our house, the church isn't doing the Google maps and rolling their eyes and thinking, oh, that's 45 minutes. And the right, kids, right. whatever. Like, yeah. We want it to be set up convenient to be a, a an annex of the church in some ways we're executing it our family's executing it because mm -hmm. i think some of these visions can't be executed via committee mm -hmm. um you're right. a pastor there's pastors out there listening you know that's in the in big evangelical world these days it's established a committee which is you know the uh the the underqualified the the unwilling to talk about doing things, you mm -hmm. know, and, and never executing. So that's some of the things that I kind of have been learning personally is I'm getting fantastic teaching and I don't need permission now to walk out the front door of church for the rest of the week and to just live boldly out of yeah, this sound preaching that I'm getting. And God particularly enables husband and wife in, 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 in unity to come up with these visions for what their family is called to do and then to execute that. And you don't need permission from the session to do these things that God's put on your heart. You don't need even validation um, in, in a lot of ways from anybody else around. God's put this on your heart and you go for it. And, and I think um, some of these families that we're talking about are starting to see, and it's, yeah. you know, the, I have to make sure that I, I stay firmly rooted in the fact that I didn't do any of this. Mm -hmm. uh, God did this in spite of what I messed up and, and not to compare um, because there's many parts, one body and, and, and we don't, I don't get to look at anyone else in church and, and be envious mm -hmm. and, and same That's with right. them. Like That's it's, right. it's, it's, it's crazy. And I'm just really seeing how much I'm learning from other men in our church that are nothing like me and hopefully they're they're learning from me and and we're just you know but i, I also think that there's just this tendency to live small mm -hmm. as christians and yeah. we see i mean even looking i i i this 34 acres that this this guy's talking about selling us it's not a done deal yet um but I just, I pulled up the prayer of Jabez and I, hmm. I, and I, and I even videotaped it. I just, Hey Lord. And I went to him. I, I, I have pictures of these families, all their kids. So I, I went and I said, here's my vision for this. You know, um, this is what we're trying to do. He's a farmer. I knew that. So I told him, I said, my vision is, is all these families kind of being together, us, us working the land, us managing it responsibly. Um, and then he said, you know, uh, my, my grandfather and his brother lived in the same farmhouse together Oh wow! and they had 11 kids and they all called each other. They had basically had two moms and dads. So I had no idea this, this guy's family story. I just felt compelled to lay my vision out kind of full tilt. And then even yeah. financially, here's where I am. Here's what I have. I I'm, I'm working over here. I'm going to try to get this. What can we do? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and him essentially saying, Hey, in my mind, this is, this is yours. Uh, wow. we have to just figure out the particulars and, and he even just saying, I'm a businessman, you're a businessman. I have, I have to be, this has to be profitable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have this understanding, um, that that's, I had this vision, you have this land, it has to be profitable for you. It has to be something that doesn't 
uh, burden my family uh, yeah. to where it all falls apart now because mm -hmm. I over leveraged myself. But um, I'm, I'm just, I've always been able to kind of just be fully transparent. Um, and that's some of the ways that I'm trying to do it on Instagram too. And these social media platforms to say, look, yeah. this is what I'm doing. This is what God's, I feel God's called me to right now. And I'm going to go ask this audacious question to a, a landowner and say, can we make this happen? You know, very, and then, cool. and then sleep well at night, but also wake up and get to work, Yeah, you know, awesome, uh, and manage the time appropriately. It's very cool. Well, here, here's what I was hoping would happen in talking with you. And I thought would happen. What I thought would happen is it would be an interesting conversation and I would want to learn more. And I, I was hoping to spark interest from the pastors that are listening in, because some of the things that you're doing really are accessible for those that have these abilities with their hands to be able to work with their hands and, and do something like this. Um, and I just thought it would spark some interest in people and it would be helpful for folks. So I do want them to know where they can get more, more information. I want, I wanted you to go ahead and tell us about where you're standing gardens and where we can find more information about you and what you're doing. And I think the guys that have been listening in are definitely going to open up that Instagram. I got to find this guy, Nathan sparing. I want to go find mm -hmm. his podcast. I want to find out what's going on. And uh, so why don't you go ahead and just give us some direction about what, where we can, where we can find you and, what, yeah, I'm putting uh, everything uh, on my website. I've hired a really capable guy in our church to kind of uh, produce. Um, my goal is that that what we do is quality because I don't want uh, it to be, okay, this guy couldn't make it anywhere else. And so he put Christian on it, you know, like no Christians need to be producing the highest quality everything. Um, and that, that costs money, um, in the graphics design, the, the information architecture stuff that we're trying to do, but it's all at our website, spearing, S-P-E-A-R-I-N-G.co. Um, and, uh, all the social handles are up at the top and you can find my podcast episodes, all the different appearances, even this one we'll, we'll post there, um, cause I want there to be this kind of melting pot of what all of us are doing. For, for the glory of God, uh, even just kind of splintering off. Yeah. Um, the vision for Warriors Tending Gardens came kind of in the heart of this, the 2020 uh, chaos that happened. And it was kind of an intersection where I sat with business uh, as, an, as a deacon in my church, as a guy that had liaised with uh, U.S. ambassadors for Department of Defense in multiple locations around the world and kind of saying, there's this, this need to, to focus, take these kind of uh, global geopolitical Department of Defense counterterrorism knowledge that I had, but work it out locally here um, with local government officials, with the sheriff, with the police chief, with uh, the mayor, with our church elders, and how do we build local communities? Um, awesome. And it, and it comes from from Jeremiah 29, I know that there's, there's, we can, can kind of just accept captivity mindset and say, we're just under this thumb, which I don't mm -hmm. want to, I, you know, I've heard, uh, uh, Dr. Merkel talk about, you know, all authority has been given, uh, to us because of what Christ did mm -hmm. to go and make disciples and yeah. to operate out of a, a, a belief that we've been given authority from the maker to do this now mm -hmm. so so but i really like that it says build houses 
plant gardens, you know, your kids getting, having kids, having them marry, and then seeking the good of the city. Yeah. And then I feel like that lawyer standing gardens message is that's it full stop. At mm -hmm. that point, we don't get to uh, some people obviously are called to go off to these, these cities and things, but to just say, let's look at a way to do locally things that are significant and then trust the yield and in God's uh, divine order to work that together for global impact, yeah, but not good. needing to, to see and just talk with my wife about this morning, like not always just being like in the social media does it where, okay, how many people listen to my podcast this time? How many people list, liked that photo? It's always, that's comparing in some ways or, or using these metrics or these carefully engineered dopamine hits from big tech to kind of try to gauge how is, am I, do I have significance? Am I doing well? Is this mm -hmm. like, no, like, um, and so Warrior Standing Gardens, I am really, I have a biweekly men's group here. Um, I'm writing the, the studies myself out of kind of these, this diversity of experience. And I'm, I'm teaching it locally with guys here. And it's, it's a, it's a fellowship of men. I feel like, um, you know, we're talking about it a lot. There is this, this, um, you know, domesticating of, of the church and mm -hmm. its mission and this, and, and not in the sense that, that the domestic work is bad, but there's, we've lost that active, um, you know, seeking dominion aspect and kind of have yeah. circled up. And, and so that's, uh, it's warfare. I understand what warfare is in the literal sense, but in, in a lot of plays, I feel like the church isn't really uh, acknowledging the spiritual warfare that is taking place yeah. Yeah, um, agreed. with the internet and our kids, mm -hmm. with our kids' education, with how much time I am spending on things on my screen versus mm -hmm. looking at my son's eyes and having good conversation. And so it's kind of just the summary of what we're doing. Um, we had the mansion on Airbnb. I was talking to some guys this morning. We did our pilot course in May of last year. It was 15 guys on a ranch shooting guns. I talk about, have a, a kind of a core uh, curriculum that I go through called a theology of violence. And awesome. um, it's, it is, it is kind of uh, intentionally jarring, but we start out with kind of looking at circles of influence individually. What is it to be a good man, to be, have dominion over yourself, to be doing things in moderation, understand, and that out of that individual dominion over yourself and your heart and your sin and all these things that enables you to be effective in the family when you're affected there, now we see as that pattern of church leadership, now I can serve the church out of a household that is ordered. And then, you know, kind of the final prescriptive is that, you know, now that you've, if you've got these in order, you got individually, uh, my family, now that now the church, okay, now if I have, have stuff left over, I go to the city. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to not go all over. I just finished, uh, I don't know if you've seen the book, The Power of uh, Place. Um, and it's a pastor that just talks about, they did three families staying on, bought a tract of land together and are farming. It's amazing. It's a, it's a great book that's kind of fostered that say, hey, here's a vision for what we're doing. I'm going to bring people from the outside into what we're doing here. 
And I'm also going to provide material for guys to start their own men's group locally. Mm -hmm. And here's, you, you don't, uh, this isn't, uh, what you should teach bullet by bullet. This is what you should say, but here is a framework for discussion. And I've, I've taken the time to write it. I've got the curriculum done for, cause of just doing Probably. it here locally with my group. But if you want to lead a men's group where you are, you know, sign up and I can, I'll send you my, my uh, PDF handout that I used and, and then just put out an email men in your church, let's get together and let's talk about these things and let's, maybe shoot some guns as an activity and, and do these kind of things that we saw Jesus and his disciples doing being yeah, men's men, good. you know, and, and in a sense, just kind of provide a, a loose framework for and empower men locally to do that, that have full-time jobs that have mm. other commitments, but it's kind of could just be off the shelf for them. Um, so tentatively calling that warriors tending gardens brotherhood, um, you know, so I would train and equip, uh, local guys to start just a chapter of it and, cool. and just say, Hey, here's, you know, bi-weekly monthly. And that's what guys that have gone to my initial training in may have done. They've gone back and started a workout group and a, and a Bible study and mm -hmm. or a range day or whatever. And it filled up immediately because mm -hmm. men are hungry to do manly stuff. But then mm -hmm. also like to have these real conversations. I mean, you probably saw, you know, we asked uh, Pastor Toby from Moscow to come in and just talk to our men's group about raising sons in a pornographic age. Mm -hmm. And and those topics are hard to deal with yeah. uh, in big groups, in big groups with with a co-ed uh, in a sense, a, you know, uh, but when we get together as six or seven men. Mm -hmm. And we, we bring it up and it's, it's, and it can be hard because in some ways that veil is drawn back on our, our own lives, but that is where, um, Christ can enter into it and things can Amen. happen. Amen. Um, it's good stuff, so. dude. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun and, uh, Nathan, I appreciate you coming on the show, making time for that. I know that you got a lot of things going on and, uh, you certainly could have, been doing something else right now. So thanks so much for making the time to do this. Guys, we've been talking to Nathan Spearing. Nathan, so much for coming on the show, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs>